Yay. All right. Well, Kirsten is on her way. I brought her cans. Radio term. He means headphones. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is a Another cold term open. That does not sound appropriate. Oh, God. You're right. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Sorry. Never mind. What's cans? Cans. Earphones. <laughs> but what else is cans? It's a place in where? France. France. Oh, where they have the yeah. film festival. It's like a film festival. <laughs> the, the Cannes Film Festival, yeah. That's Cannes, yeah. isn't it? Cannes. It's not, and you don't pronounce the S as far as I know. Cannes. The Cannes Film, film Festival. Cannes! Cannes. No. <laughs> Sorry again, <They're> Darren. <laughs> full circle geeky, thank you. Full circle geeky. Oh, my God. I guess we should check levels. Ooh, that's loud. Those are all loud. Well, I was screaming. That's true. No, I mean, just in general. Brian. Testing, 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 testing. Who's got the last laugh now? <laughs> Frick, you're right. Oh. He just launches, See, doesn't that's he? That's what I'm saying, right? Like, that microphone does not compress. Scream con again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, wait. Can I just add some things to the cue sheet here? Yeah, sure. Uh, review and recommendation. Mando. Oh, did that happen? Right. Oh. That was last Wednesday. That's so far <laughs> removed. I'm sorry. Keep this in the cold open Shush. or let's like play this clip back in the review and recommendation because that says a lot. Yeah, it's, it's true. It certainly does. Yes. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, AI can read your mind. Maybe someday. We've got our first trailer for the 299 Queen Street West Much Music documentary. Chris Pratt explains why he can do the Mario voice, but chooses not to. And Lance Reddick has died, so we review and recommendation some movies he's been in. Wow. Okay. So when it comes time to have Kirsten in here to record her actual line, uh, yeah. put that in the intro. But we'll save that and we'll put that in where when Kirsten reads her line so okay. we know what your scratch track was. That's, <laughs> okay, okay, um, sure. Great. <laughs> Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a the Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 232. We record this We record this on March 21st, 2023. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone. I'm DJ Boytano. I'm eating a bagel and I apologize. <laughs> oh no. What kind of bagel? Simamum. <laughs> I've never heard it said that way. With, with butter on it? Uh, yes. Cinnamon bagels are a difficult choice to make because you know that, I mean, like, the the best thing about a bagel is putting cream cheese on it, is getting the schmear yeah. going. Yeah, and, the schmear. And so when you, and you want that delicious cinnamon bagel, but you cannot put, there isn't a type of cream cheese that goes on a cinnamon bagel. Yeah. Is there? It's, m- only, it's only butter. Only butter. Wait a minute. Hang on. I thought there was, like, vanilla cream cheese or something like yes. that. Flavored cream cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. There, is, there really is. When you get fancy bagels from fancy places like yeah. Mount Royal. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. They have yes. a, a sweet cream cheese. A sweet one, I yes. have eaten it with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, interesting. But but at home, generally, you got you to head straight for the butter. How, yeah. How yeah. interesting. Okay. I'm Paul Lucino, and I host that afternoon zone. Great. Uh, Kirsten is on her way. She will join us shortly this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they've just they've done the thing. Um, they've taken Stable Diffusion, which is that AI that everybody was all up in arms about with uh, 
training itself on existing pieces of art. Oh, and really? then artists were like, don't steal my art for your new AI creations. Because it sounds more like horse poops. <laughs> stable diffusion? Yeah. Like in the stable. Oh, okay. Then, uh, maybe we're horse poops. the diffusion part. The yeah, pooping. please explain. Yeah. Po- pooping. Oh, I got to go do a, I gotta go do a massive diffusion. <laughs> in my stable. Yeah, I well, think that might just would, be you, Paul. I'm not horse sure. Horse would do it in the stable. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, they've uh, taken stable diffusion. They put people inside uh, an fMRI machine, uh, which is like an MRI machine, mm. except it has an F on the front of it. Um, fMRI machines are concentrated strictly on the brain, and they read the metabolism over time. And they take brain scans of people as they show them a picture of like a teddy bear or uh, like a clock tower or a plane. Mm. They scan their brains, and they use stable diffusion on an upper and lower imaging region of the brain. They convert one through text. They convert one through images, and they create high-resolution images of what the person saw from their brain scans. What? Yeah. So to replicate, is it always pretty close? Like if you show them a picture of a clock tower, they generally get a janky-ass clock tower back? Yes, that's exactly. That's a great way to put it. It's exactly like the early days of like mm. the Google, you know, and all the weird shapes were in the sky, right? Like the, 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 the early AI generators were very potato. Uh. These are very potato. Think of how far we've come since the early AI generators. Oh, sure. And how quickly this will undoubtedly advance. And, you know, you get maybe 12 of these readings in a second, maybe you've got mind-reading video. Who knows? Is that what they're looking for here? Is that what we're trying to do? Is like uh, I mean, plug in and then you can watch your dreams over when you wake up? Who knows what they're trying to do, but that is certainly an application. You know, wow. like remembering dreams is one of the ones that I that I thought of sort of just off the top of my head. But yeah. I mean, honestly, if you've got somebody non-communicative and you can get stuff out of their brain in terms of an image, this might be very helpful. What about, um, can you, if you get, if you say like, uh, you plug a bad guy into it, and then you flash the time of the bank robbery that happens, ah. and if they have intricate knowledge of, right, if they start flashing scenes of the bank robbery happening that only they would have, right, then you know that they were robbing the bank. That's their smoking gun. Huh. Never thought about that. Right? That's or the wild. murder or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Wow, interesting. Um, I love that. They flash the time of the robbery, and then it outputs a picture of a clock. <laughs> okay, what about this? Also, uh, what if you show someone a picture of a nice clock, mm-hmm. and then the image that comes out is like um, their dad uh, like with their head cut off or something like that? What? that like, what? Yeah, is that like, oh no, this guy's a psycho. Okay. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like, Different kind of Rorschach test, sure. Yeah, yeah. Is that a possibility? Like you show them something and then and then something completely it's like word unrelated, yeah, and like unhinged and horrible comes out. Brain word association. Yeah. But, right. And then, and then you would be like, okay, let's put this guy on a list. Wow. You need to be writing the dystopian movies, Paul. That's <laughs> wild. Oh my God. Well, is that are these applications that could be that they could do with this? The possibilities, I think, are limitless at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, you think about what you could do. And and here's the thing, right? Like, we have devices that we wear on our wrists that are able to tell us how we slept and what our heartbeat is. You know, imagine right. the miniaturization of of things now. Like, just the, the scale and speed of things. How long is it before this is a motorcycle helmet instead of an MRI tube, you know? Wow. How long before it's like a, like a headband instead of an MRI tube? 
Um, how long before you can put it over somebody as they're sleeping instead of it slipping in some, them inside an MRI tube? So it's, uh, you know, oh, it's this- a tool like anything else, good or evil. Oh, for sure. I'm just thinking of a lot of evil things right now. Oh, my God. Bro. And I don't want anyone slipping any tubes over me while I'm sleeping, okay, please? Yeah, okay. Do not be th- reading my thoughts. Yeah. That's Willie's time, right? Like, What? Willie? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, Brian. Well, I just, know, I know, but then <coughs> well, explain it, it to me. What do you mean? A couple ways. It's um, well, it's a Simpsons joke. When oh, the, sure, okay. The mind read, reading. Yeah. Don't read my mind between four and five. That's really time. Ah, but, okay, yeah, right. but it also kind of alludes to the fact that your thoughts are run by your willy. Brian, oh, okay. I'm your thing. Okay. It works both ways. Oh, finish your bagel! <laughs> my God, he's got to make his point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I. I would be that meme where the girl's like, I bet he's thinking about other women. And then, you know, oh, in, yeah. the, in the head, it's something so completely ridiculous. Like if a hot dog had arms and legs and blah, blah, blah. It's whatever. Right? Exactly. Some, some stupid, stupid thing. <laughs> I'm never thinking about anything. Just stupid things. No, fair. All right. Coming soon. We got our first full trailer for 299 Queen Street West, which is the upcoming documentary that Brian initially found about much music. This has premiered at South by Southwest, and it is coming sometime for us plebs, but we don't have like a date or anything. But uh, I'm very much looking forward to it because much music was uh, hugely a part of my formative teenage years. Big time. Mm-hmm. Is this uh, also... Is this the first time since kind of pandemic days that South by Southwest has gone for like full blown, like they're they're doing in person stuff again, or did they do it last year? They did. I had friends who were there last year. Oh, cool! Yeah, and it was cool friends. It was quite a rad, like wide open, blast open oh, vibe. Okay. Yeah. I didn't really notice it as much last year, but I do remember like for years pre pandemic, around this time, I would always have FOMO. Because, like, my news feed, my entire, like, all the people yeah. oh, absolutely were at South by Southwest. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's happening again. Yeah. yeah. It looks like an amazing thing that I've, I've definitely always wanted to go to. But South I'm, by I'm, Southwest? I'm, yeah, I'm not cool yeah. enough. Yeah. So, the other thing um, that's interesting here with this, with this documentary is, Brian, you were saying that there's some people who didn't want to be involved for... Like it's it's unfortunate now at this point that there's like all this kind of bad blood between some of the big hosts that used to be on Glory Days Much Music and and the, the entity I'm, itself now. I'm noticing it more from Ed the Sock, who I follow quite uh, a bit on social. I haven't really seen anything from you know the former hosts like Bill Walishka or Strombo or oh, yeah. Sukin or anything like that. Oh yeah. Um, I just heard that like Ed the Sock is a little bit bitter that he wasn't, you know, invited to participate. He wasn't? I don't know. No. Well, and then he also had cuz Ed the Sock started his own somewhat much music-esque online channel. Yeah. Where uh, he's he was doing like music stories and, and featuring new music and, and featuring music videos from new bands. Yes. And it was it was mostly geared towards new bands. Um and uh yeah and, and then much music kind of started up their own thing as well, sort of online oh boy. geared towards music, started up their own TikTok account. Oh so boy. the guy you, you think you know the guy behind 
Ed the Sock is uh, Stephen Kersner. There's right? a guy like, behind Ed the Sock? What? <laughs> I, I, sorry, yeah. The, oh. Sorry. Yeah, Weird. that's revealing the mascot. Strange. But, like, mm-hmm. um, Stephen Kersner is a great, like, Canadian broadcaster. He's, like, really very much into music and stuff. And, yes, he's the the guy. He's he's the hand or, or the wow, voice. Oh, that's amazing. I thought um, it was a sock. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Okay. So no, he doesn't actually smoke, dude. No. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I guess he's had issues, like his own sort of issues with uh, with Chum or wh- whatever. That or like I guess Bell Media. Yeah, it's Bell now. Yeah. So I, I guess that's a really big reason why he wasn't invited to participate in this or, or like interviewed for this or anything like that. So he did write when the trailer first came out at um, after its premiere at South by. He says. Uh, something like a tweet like was like, no, I'm not involved in the Much Music documentary and no, I'm not going to watch this. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's a shame. I hate when there's bad blood like that. Agree. And so who's making the documentary? Um, oh, shoot. That's it's right. The guy that did, you mentioned that uh, in the... the... Yeah, he did the Carter effect. I don't know if you've ever seen that on Netflix. No. Um, uh, let me look up the guy's name again. Sean Menard. Oh, yeah. So I uh, he's just he's like a, he's a documentary filmmaker, but yeah, he was given. Uh, I don't know who he talked to at Bell, but they let him into a room, and there was like all this you know footage of much music, right. like all of this uh, like these tapes and everything's like have at her. Mm, okay, go, yeah, go sure. right ahead and, and and use all of these. So I'm sure you'll probably see Ed the Sock in the documentary, but. He wasn't directly a part of it. Yeah, so now this bums me out because if it's an impartial third party or close enough to between Ed DeSock and or anybody and much music and the corporate ownership, he mm-hmm. should, as a documentarian, be reaching out to all these primary players. Good point. Absolutely. Right? Like, I don't care what the bad blood is now. As a documentary maker, you get that perspective as well. And then yeah, because otherwise it's a puff piece. Right, it's exactly. not a documentary. Good call. It's And and look at your documentary can still be a love letter, okay? Yeah. Sometimes being in love with something, you know, means embracing the warts or just at least understanding that they're there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so it kind of bums me out here. And, that, and, and you got to know as well that, like, when you make a choice like that not to reach out to such a big name, um, that you're, when you're when you're intentionally lo- leaving someone like that out of the documentary because of current bad blood, that that that's a mark against your whole documentary. I'm so sorry. True, true. You know, and now, the only thing I want to say, just because of this, is like I also uh, I saw that Ed Desoc tweet, but I also don't know the full story behind it, and that like I don't know if he was reached out to, and then he declined because of Fair point. that bad blood between sure. him and much music. Right? But but why would he lie? Right, like I'm gonna take. Let's just take him at his word. The sock um, <laughs> that he was reached out, or that he was never reached out to. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that that's the truth, and like he wouldn't lie about that. And if that's the case, then bad. If you know, if they did reach out to him and he just didn't get back to them, or now he's lying, then okay, that's a bad sock. But <laughs> bad sock, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So as much as I might be excited to see like a documentary about the the glory days of much music, which for sure were so great. I mean. Holy smokes. And and the other thing, too, that would be an interesting story is how, you know, speaking of Puff, how that channel got progressively puffier. Mm, like, definitely. it was a very, very cool 
um, you know, Music Discovery Channel, and they did music journalism. But I mean, and- how much stuff on the History Channel right now is being shown that is historical? Well, you know, that's right. All I channels mean, went this route, I think. All these specialty cable channels. Well, sure, and this, so that can be kind of a lens to which to watch this interesting um, puffification of cable television. That Fair. everything started so cool and pure. And, you know, so narrow cast. Yeah, the History Channel had history and much music had music and that was clearly important. Yeah. And then in the, you know, this this ever splintering of uh, media and the the desperate clawing fight for eyeballs and attention that happened with the more channels, more desperate. Yeah. That everything just kind of kind of got into the same exact puffy area of just showing um, super, super broad appeal reality shows. That's what everyone just started doing, right? That's what history well, shows, the, see, the TLC shows, much music started yeah, showing, it, right? You know what I mean? Like, why yeah. did that happen? That would be an interesting thing to, you know, round out the documentary with. But that's what I'm hoping that the documentary also keys in on because everybody's talking about, well, well there was also MTV. Um, one of the things that I think sets much music apart, especially in the time when, you know, television was a very polished thing, um, I don't know, but if you, you've ever talked about this in, like, your media, like, in, in ACP or whatever, when we were talking about, like, the history of, like, say, Moses Snymer. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and he had a very famous, like, he was, uh, he had a very, I guess, popular saying, like, that he coined, and it was, the, the saying was, it's not the flow, it's the show. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've definitely heard that. Um, and it was all, I think the thing that I, that really intrigued me about much music at the time, especially in the 90s, was that... It was the first time that I've seen the curtain pulled back. Um, I would say absolutely, especially in a mass media, like a large media type of operation, to be able yeah. to see cameras, other cameras yeah. in the background or lighting rigs or mic, mics or whatever was kind of a big deal because it was all very polished um, before that. And this really was a glimpse into the the way it's built, how it's made. Mm. Yeah, and there's this transparency. There's like this culture of transparency that they they kind of introduced to television that was really refreshing at the time, right? They also had Speaker's Corner where it's like anybody can put a dollar in the machine so good. and talk and then it'll end up like it, it, it could end up on television yeah. kind of thing. That was always really cool, right? Where people could tell, you know, tell us about like what music they like and don't like or mm-hmm. what music videos or whatever. Very trendsetting. And, you know, yeah. and we kind of tried to do the same thing. Remember back in the, like, in the early days of The Zone, right? We the had Zone, zone phone, phone yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like that you guys are playing that song. And we would actually put and it we on put, the radio. Yep. Exactly. Um, kind of thing. It was that transparency that I thought was really intriguing about much music. And then on top of that, they were able to, you know, to interview some really big or especially like artists that are big now. So to be able to see early days interview with Dave Grohl, who just came out of Nirvana and he's talking to Bill Walishka. Who's right. Just, yeah. Seems like this Canadian guy off the street that's into music. That's very intriguing. The Peppers, about, David you know, Bowie, music. the Ramones, you know, like yeah. they interviewed everybody, really. And like the Canadianness of it wasn't even a factor. They were just, mm-hmm. they, they just got whoever was hot, which mm-hmm. is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like it was very influential. And for sure, like a good documentary is something that I would be so fascinated with. There's, there seems to be like a real trend right now with uh, documentaries about um, like, uh, media, like big media entities. Like there's, I know there's one about the edge in Toronto, the radio station. Oh, that's cool. I think there's one in, in production right now about K rock in Los Angeles. Oh wow. Same kind of thing. Um, and so one about much music and it's kind of, 
um, big days as well. And it's cool. I mean, yeah, it's, again, like I have this weird bad taste in my mouth about it, but I'm interested still to see what they're saying about it. I brought up the IMDb page, and there's a, like a cast list, and I presume these are the people who they've interviewed. So Steve Anthony, Rick Campanelli, Monica Diol, Denise Donlan, Erica M., uh, Namu Jenyi Kiwanuka, uh, Sukin Lee is in there, Bill Wilichka, Michael Williams, and George Strombolopoulos. Yeah. I don't see Master T in here. Oh, that's too bad. That is too bad. And I'm Kirsten James, and we're 25 minutes into this podcast, <laughs> and you're still talking about the, f- the first thing on the QG? Yeah. yeah. What happened? It's a, it's a good topic, though. Yeah, can it's you, a good topic. Can you say your line, please? Oh, I have a line? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and Lance Redding is saying that we review a recommendation of movies that he's in. And now we will put Great in read. Paul's scratch track from the beginning uh-huh. where he was, Kirsten. Okay. Great read, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> Great read, Paul. <laughs> I would say something about much music, but I don't want to rehash everything you guys just said. So. And we should probably move on. No. Uh, okay. one more One more thing. Um, <laughs> hey, did y'all like or dislike when Electric Circus was on? I disliked it. Hated it. It was the worst. Always turn off. Yeah. What is this? 1990s eh. version of... What was that American weird? Bandstand. American Bandstand. American yep. Bandstand. Yeah. What? what? It was awful. What, was just dancing? Yeah, and, but isn't that what like American Bands? And you know, Czech TV too? had a show like that too. I think I remember that. Yeah. Like, my I dad was on that. it. Apparently, I was on Much Music twice. Two Tell times. me how. Uh, it was the request. Once I sent a big request for a Bare Naked Ladies song. Uh-huh. What a surprise! And we made like a giant big banner. Of course. And, uh, I think it was Bill Wilichka was the request guy at the time. Amazing. And did that. And then once on Halloween, I did a request for another Bare Naked Ladies what song. What a surprise! And Ed the Sock took my request, <gasps> and I was only like thirteen, but Aww. he like semi roasted me. Oh, God, really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we are retreading ground because I already told those stories about Kirsten requesting those songs. Um, (laughs) No, no, just kidding. Can you actually go on? So did you, back in those days, did you have to make a VHS tape and then mail it to them? No, so I mailed like a letter, but it was for the first one, but it was like a big poster size letter. Like, I don't know, it probably cost us $10 to send. And the second one, it was a phone call. Like you had to call the, I don't oh. I don't think it was a 1-900 number. That would be weird. No, I'm pretty sure they had a 1-800 number. number. Yeah. Um, but you just had to call a 1-800 number and someone picked up your phone. And then you went live too. I think I, it was live. Oh, dang. With oh, Ed the Sock, wow. which was <laughs> very nerve wracking as a 13 Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think I remember. I remember being like, I hope it's not Ed the Sock. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I got really nervous. He made fun of me because I got really nervous and it was Halloween. And I, he was like, how's your candy or something? And I was like, wow. my brother's allergic to peanuts. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? Which is a great response, like, honestly. Like, anyway, <laughs> it was, it was something. I, have, I do have that recorded on a VHS. Do right you? Yeah, yeah. That I want to see. Yeah, I want to see that. That's on YouTube. Great. Yeah. I just want to say, Electric Circus. <laughs> I liked it. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, we know. You're that like the much music was something you always had kind of on the background when I was a kid um, because I just liked listening to the music and every now and then I glance at the TV and uh-huh. then and then they'd see the music video. Yeah. I'd never really look at the TV with Electric Circus. I just listen to the mixing. So. Yeah, and that's totally fair. I I I would kind of put it on in the background as a freaking obviously nerd. I always liked their logo. They had a really cool, <laughs> all the circles, the logo, and the animated. I thought that was, that was great. I'll have to look it up. 
Okay, let's please move on to, well, we could have stayed on much music, because now we're talking about Chupa. What is your deal with this? I don't know. It seems very strange. This is a Netflix movie coming April 7th about a, a CG Chupacabra, which, uh, you know, as Paul pointed out, is the monster that kills people and sucks their blood out. Yeah. And now it's a domesticated pet. And um, Christian Slater's in this? <laughs> Looking younger as ever, younger than ever somehow? Really? Um, yeah, it's a movie. Uh, okay, I don't even know why I really passed this along. Oh it my seems God, like a Paul. cute kid movie. <laughs> it does. With the cool chupacabra monster in it. Well, and some good representation. And okay, is there? Yeah. I think. Like what? Wait, is this not a horror movie? This is for children? Yeah, it's for children. Oh, missed opportunity. Ah. <laughs> what? Are we sure it doesn't turn into a horror movie halfway through? Uh, are you kidding me? This thing has wings. It does high-pitched chirping. <sighs> it jumps from rock to rock. It's in the, in the sunset. What is teaching our children? That yeah, they should that keep monsters dangerous are, right? pets? Exactly. Because they're cute when they're you little? Can, anything can be swayed And with then they food. grow up and drink your blood. Yeah. 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 Terrible lesson. I know. I know. Well, they should make a, a adult version called Fully Chupacabra that's right. about the monster. Yes. And and then it would be interesting, hilarious. You just go to dial up on Netflix and you want one and you get the other. In 10 years, it'll star these kids grown up. Oh! And then it'll be the horror movie where they just get their guts ripped out of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like a kitty cat with wings. So yeah, it totally cute. does. Yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on next to just a, a just a time lapse video that we link to South by Southwest, of course, big thing. So for Transformers: Rise of the Beasts in theaters June 9th, they built giant like life life size statues of Optimus Prime and Optimus Primal beside each other, um, which is pretty cool. And then we also found out that Knock at the Cabin is coming to Paramount Plus on March 24th. And that's really it. We're on to Geek News proper. Okay, I'm excited to watch Knock at the Cabin, except that I have ruined the ending for myself. Oh, no! Yeah. I'm very excited to watch it, too. Please say nothing. Okay, okay, I'll say nothing. Great. But, um, I, yeah, I am excited. I think I've heard some good things about this Knock at the Cabin. It's gone from theaters? Yep. Okay. Yep. It was, yeah, I can't remember when. Yeah. But it's come and gone. Okay. Oh! It knocked Avatar The Way of Water out of the number one spot on its opening week in February. Uh, that's right. That's right. Mind now, blowing. Sorry, what's the P here? Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just put P Plus in We don't have that. What, what is, what, how much money did it make to knock Avatar off number one? Do, 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 do. I will find right out. Why? Do, because do, I'm do, curious do, if it made more money than Shazam or not. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It Shoot, it's not in money. this article. Let's just say, it made more oh, money wait, wait, than wait, Shazam. Wait, wait. No, it just says it went on to gross over 54 million worldwide. It doesn't actually say oh, what so the first week Shazam was. Shazam made like 30 or something, so probably not. Yeah, probably. Not. Anyway, apparently this movie was not good. I still want to see it. I still have faith in M. Night Shyamalan somehow. Is it Paramount Plus? Don't we have that on something? Because isn't that where that one that everyone is like, Hot and horny for the Western is there? Yeah, you can get it on Prime. Like you can subscribe to Paramount Plus via, uh, Plus via Prime uh, via the paid the, via the paid tier of Prime. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I don't okay. know. Paramount Plus has some really good ads. It had that ad at the beginning of the movie that has all the uh, all the stars on the mountain it, and, the, and they're uh, like going on the not the tram ride but like on a little tram studio. Tour. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, I haven't I seen like that, that one. Ad. Yeah, they do. They do good ads. I will admit that. All right, coming soon for real. Lance Reddick has died at, man, age 60. Uh, Just apparently natural causes. 
Oh, because I I couldn't find anything it, like in the first couple of days. They were just not yeah. saying anything. Yeah, so I looked last night, and uh, the only thing that seems to be out there is natural causes. Was it n- so. natural causes? Like, wasn't he found in his hotel room? Well, he was, um, what was Naturally. he? Naturally. <laughs> he was going to be on a talk show, I think. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, he was going to be on the Kelly Clarkson show. Oh. Posted a selfie on social Wednesday morning that he was uh, at home with his dogs instead of uh, at the uh, John Wick 4 premiere in New York City. Um, He's in all the John Wick movies? Yeah, yeah. So I, (laughs) the death tribute, in honor of this death tribute, because it it was on Friday, it was on the news, Lance Reddick has died, and I was like, who is that? And then I saw a photo of him, and I was like, oh, that's Silence. From From Horizon. Horizon. Horizon Zero Dawn. And then I was like, I should probably watch some of these other things he's been in, like he was in The Wire. Um, Brian, do you remember what season of The Wire he was in? I don't remember. Um, Actually, I never watched The Wire. You didn't. No. <laughs> HBO's first big blah blah blah. blah. I, I know this second, is a big Family second? Guy meme where it's like anytime oh. you mention The Wire to somebody that hasn't seen The Wires, like they try to convince you to join the cult of watching The Wire. Oh, hilarious! <laughs> I've only seen the first two seasons. He was so. on between 2002 and 2008. Here, this is his great. He's, he's credited as Lieutenant Cedric Daniels, and then Major Cedric Daniels, and then Colonel Cedric Daniels. So oh, it's just spoilers. It's just. <laughs> Yeah, really. Yeah. So anyway, I was like, I'm finally going to watch these fucking John Wick movies because like, I've been putting it oh, off. Oh, you avoid it for the doggy. Uh, because of the dog. Right. I've been putting it off. But then uh, we saw the ad for John Wick 4 at, at the beginning of whatever movie, and I was like, this movie looks amazing. Does. I need to watch these Wick fucking 4? John Wick Yeah. Mm. And now the early reviews for John Wick 4 have come out. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They're, They're bad. I heard bad things. I, I have only seen good. It's really? all been like, this is the most amazing action movie ever made. Wow. It's the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Okay. Um, like it's, 93. Okay, you're right. It's, uh, anyway, so I was like, I got to watch these movies. Who's seen the John Wick movies? Not me. Not me. Brian? I've seen like the first couple. Okay. I haven't seen the last couple. You guys... Need to watch these fucking movies. Okay, like yeah. they look great. I really do want to see them. It's In, my backlog but is just huge. You but. will love them. The because mm. I think you will at least. The choreography, the fight scenes, yeah. the the stunts in yeah. this are okay. Okay, incredible. Good. It's one of those movies that you will watch and you'll just you'll go like Whoa! Like wow! Go, like did I just see whoa. that? Yeah, like yeah. awesome. The, the yeah, you know when when something becomes like a verb, like to Google something yeah. now is like a thing. Yeah, um, like John Wick style action movie has that's the cur- the term that's been coined because yeah. of that. Wow, that, that, that series of movies. It's like what did you, I say? you you wicked him. Like is that? What it's very like John Wick style. Oh, oh okay, movie, okay. The the action in this is very John Wick. Style. Oh sure, it's become ubiquitous. It's uh, g- genericized. That's the word I'm looking. Uh, it, Wild. These movies are just like incredible. Thank you. Action, fun, and like oh my god, the stunt work. You just watch it for the stunt work. There's like this is no spoilers because it's like basically wall-to-wall action but there's like one stunt scene where like a motorcycle full-on t-bones a car and it's not cgi and there's a stuntman like i remember watching it and being like was that cgi what the fuck did i just see wow and it it wasn't it's like stunts it's crazy there's this like insane the most incredible knife fight i have ever seen in a movie wow Um, in the first one no that's in the third one okay um you blasted 
them. Oh, yeah, I've seen all three now. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> we watched them all this weekend. Um, definitely, like, light on plot. The, f- the first one, very light on plot, kind of yeah. gets into it. Mm-hmm. The second one, uh, like, when it starts, like, with a little bit of a plot, it's kind of, like, laughable because they're really repeating a lot of the lines from the first one. Ah, um, I think that the other things I've heard about these movies is, like, uh, Keanu Reeves has something like eight lines per movie. Oh my God. <laughs> That's um, amazing. But yeah, Lance Reddick is in these and he is incredible. He plays um, a character called Charon, who's like this mysterious hotel manager. Oh, at the hotel they're making the movie the, or the next uh, thingy about. Yes. Cool. Okay. Um, and he is very good. And I have heard that he actually has a, an even increased role in the fourth one. Wicked. Oh. Um, but yeah. Really, really good. Um, it was really cool to see him in, in this after only basically knowing him as a voice actor. Yeah. Um, so to see him in a role in a in a film, I, he's, yeah, it's a really big bummer because at least he's finished filming John Wick 4. This is done. Yeah. Um, but I'm worried about Horizon 3 because totally. him as Silence is a huge character. Yeah. Very, very big character. And he has such a distinctive voice. Yeah. Like, So I don't know out. if they're going to get somebody to do a Lance Reddick impression. Yeah. Because they're making a third Horizon. And I doubt that they voiced it yet. No, I so. can't imagine. Oof. Have you guys played the video game, guys? Have you guys played uh, Destiny 2? No, because it's a first person. I can't. Oh, she gets dizzy. Yeah, he I, plays. Like, apparently, he was not only like, vo- he, he wasn't just a voice in that, but he's like a huge fan of the game. Oh, yeah. cool. He played Zavala. According to like an article, he actually pl- he was playing that game the night before he died. Oh, yeah. that's so yeah, sad. Like he was like so so into it. <laughs> here's his here's his destiny two handle. I don't care seven eight nine number sign seven six seven eight. <laughs> Which is amazing. Oh, such that's a bummer funny. at sixty two. Like super so bummer. Young. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Really incredible actor, like voice actor, and you know, actor actor. But right. yeah, everyone go watch John Wick if you haven't seen them. So, so good. Like, just so fun action. Like, you're just going to watch it and be like, whoa. I'm going to. So thank good. you. That's great. The first and second movies are available on Netflix, okay. Prime Video, and Crave. The third one, Parabellum, is only available on Crave Crave. and Stars. Or at a friend's house. Or at a friend's house, yes. And, and then we all go and see Chapter 4 next Tuesday. How about that? I really want to go, but I, uh, I have to coordinate babysitting because I've already put down babysitter for Mario. Woo! Um, so can't can't lot. overuse the babysitting can't service. Over, but I do. I need to see Chapter Four in the theaters because awesome. Movie, like it, it needs to be seen in theaters. Unfortunately, Chapter Four is fucking long. I think it's two hours and forty five minutes. Oh, gross! Um, it's an action movie. How and the other ones are about in? two hours. Like they're they. They're not too long. They're they're great. So this is two forty five, and apparently they filmed four and five back to back. Oh, interesting. So interesting. I think there's only going to be five. I am not a John Wick expert now that I've <laughs> gone through all <laughs> three in the last three weekend. Movies. <laughs> but um, but I believe that there's going to be four, and I know they filmed four and five at the same time. So if Lance Reddick makes it to the fifth one, yeah, it, he's already in it. That's amazing, Kirsten. Is your baby boy going to turn two years old on Friday? He is. That's yeah. mind blowing. <laughs> I, I can't. Even. I know. Two whole years of child. Ugh, <laughs> crazy. Quentin Tarantino. I love how Kirsten put this in the uh, in the cue sheet. This isn't a Star Trek. Uh, her His 10th uh, and final film is coming up. It's called The Movie Critic. 
Yeah. Well, I think I kind of gave up hope that he was going to do the Star Trek. It just seemed too good to be true, sure, honestly. You know, sure. and it seemed like something that the lame, lame, lame powers that be would never, ever, ever allow to happen. Almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you took something that people would have been very genuinely excited for, and you said. Don't know about this math and algorithm and box plus buster and what you know what I mean? Like, I I just don't know. I just don't know that whatever ever gonna happen, unfortunately, and not in the way that I wanted it to. So I'm okay to let it go. Um, Tarantino is instead gonna do a movie called The Film Critic, which is about this woman, and I wish I had her name out in front of me. Pauline Kale. Thank you. And when you read about her and what her legacy was Roger Ebert especially is very glowing in his description of how she single-handedly guided how movies were in the I think 70s and 80s her mm. criticisms were often they kind of like were at odds with how everybody else felt about movies generally love that though that's great yeah and it really made people rethink how movies could be and so yeah very influential film critic I've never heard her name before of course now Tarantino making a movie about this and you know when you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood creeping up as one of my all time favorite Tarantino movies wow. because he uh, he's so good at the period pieces he loves the time that he came up in, you know, like the late 60s and 70s. So he's really, really good at that and great at the style and great at capturing that period. And he also clearly loves show business. He was raised on, you know, TV and movies and so is so into that world. So if that's what he wants his last thing, last two movies to be about, then that's fine and good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's so interesting to watch this guy's career whereas like, you know, The Hateful Eight, that was a little love letter to certain episodes of old TV. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it was a, it was about the old western movies when they would do a bottle episode trapped in a cabin or whatever and he just made a big budget Tarantino-sized version of that. And it would have been amazing to see him do a version of Star Trek which also he loved. You know, from way back then. But instead, we'll just get the love letter to the industry around it. And that's kind of you know, fine. Not bad. No, that's that's fine, too. And it'll be very interesting to see. Because it's not like he's going to die immediately after he you know, makes his 10th movie. No. <laughs> so, You're going to be but, like, I'm going to start a series now. On <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, he has talked about that. Yeah. So so who knows? It's not right? a movie. It's not a movie. <laughs> so who knows if he goes to yeah do series, do uh, you know books, whatever he does next. Fantastic. There's some new merch at Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Japan. There's bucket hats. There's there, you can buy like an actual uh, like a Mario Kart cup with the Universal globe in it. There's boo. Um, Stuffies, but what I want is the uh, set of pins that are the various cups from uh, Super uh, or from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They look so good. Like there's a banana cup and a leaf cup and a mushroom cup and a star cup and a flower cup. It's so good. Those are so fun. Why only Japan? Don't we have one? I know. I know. However, there are a couple of people I follow on Instagram who do this specifically. They live in Japan. They buy stuff in Japan. They will send stuff to us. So I might pay the bazillions of dollars. Yeah, little toads in the racing (laughs) gear. Oh, it's so cute. 
Uh, that's all. It's just a little. Oh my thing. God! Thirty American dollars. Oh, there's chocolates in it, but still. oh, for the Universal Cup, that's cute. Yeah, and the pins are fifty bucks. You know, <laughs> that's probably American. Wow. And then we're going to, but it, it's like how many are there? Two, four, six, eight. Looks like uh, nine pins. That's a good price for exactly, yeah. exactly. You can get you these these enamel pins. These two post enamel pins can go eight to twelve dollars a piece. So that's that's pretty fine. Cool. Next up. Tom Cruise loved The Flash so much, he cold-called its director. Quick. What Flash? Which Flash? Who's the director? Quick, who's the director? Anybody think of the director? Yeah, Andy Machete. Um, so- Machete? <laughs> it's not spelled the same way, but yeah. It's, yeah, so apparently Tom Cruise had a meeting with Zaslav, and Zaslav mentioned how great The Flash was, and so Tom Cruise asked to see it, Zaslav said it to him, and then he called Machete. Dude, what's the fuck is with the cruiser that people are just giving him early access to movies? He's really? Tom Cruise. How would you You're not? say no to him? Yeah. <laughs> really? The cruiser is sitting across from you, and you you have a copy of The Flash on DVD in your breast pocket, and he says to you, I'd like to see it, and you just pat your pocket and go... Well, in theaters, April 29th. And did you tell him to go buy a ticket? It's no, Tom he's going to jump on a couch and shoot lightning yeah, from his do hands. You, know he's how, not gonna, like, you don't say no. Like, Hollywood is so incestuous in that way where they're just like, just always stroking each other. Whatever anybody wants, they just give, give, give. Come on, that's how it works. There's no- Can you also imagine how that uh, happened to? Because, like, movie studios, regardless of who it is, they are very, very careful with their stuff leaking out. Very. So they probably had to send a representative to deliver this to Tom Cruise so that he can watch it uh, in his house on his couch. And yeah. wait there at probably his house. Probably wait there. Yep. And then bring it back to the studio. Yes. All I'm yeah. saying is there's no fucking way Feige would let this happen. There's no way that if Tom Cruise was like, I really got to see Endgame, that Feige would be like, sure, Tom Cruise. Exactly. Feige yeah. is, though, is not... That desperate, not that desperate yet. <laughs> exactly. Well, a couple more bad saying. reviews. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm pretty saying. Yeah, Zaslav and Feige are different for a lot of reasons. But the, Brian, that's right. That's right. Zaslav needs this. He needs yeah. this. This exact conversation to be happening. He needs this headline to be roaming around. <laughs> Tom Cruise that's thinks exactly it's good. Yeah. Tom, don't you love Maverick? Everyone, <laughs> take me to bed or lose me forever. The Flash. <laughs> right. It's, like, they did this for the headline, right? It's it's just so that. Un- so the Hollywood Reporter can say, yeah. Tom Cruise says it's good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Also, just going back to John Wick, apparently Keanu Reeves also does all his own stunts. So of take course that, he does. Tom Cruise. I mean, he's, he's not amazing. hanging off the side of an airplane in any of these things, but still. He's Duke Kaboom for crying out loud. He's Duke Kaboom! Yeah, seriously. Keanu Reeves is Canada's Tom Cruise. The guy who dropped off the DVD and then waited in the car for two hours, yep. his job while waiting in the car was to tweet it and, like, yeah. you know, send press releases to every <laughs> geek.com to be like, right, Tom right. Cruise is watching The Flash. He loves it, everyone. And then run a voice recorder as he slowly puts it back into the case and oh. then and gives Tom Cruise Mr. Machete's number. <laughs> and so he can say, it's everything you want in a movie. And this is the kind of movie we need right now, which is what the Hollywood Reporter says. That, yeah. Uh, he said. So, interesting. Oh, right. The Flash. The one with the Batman in it, right? <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I forgot about the whole trailer that we all were so hot for after the Super Bowl. That's right. Okay. All right. We'll need. Here's a great segue. Ben Affleck says he would never direct a film in James Gunn's DCU. 
I have nothing against James Gunn. Nice guy. Sure, he's going to do a great job. I just wouldn't want to go in and direct that, uh, direct in the way they're doing that. I'm not interested in that. What does that mean? Uh, I think what is he know? stylistic. I think there's like this expectation that because James Gunn is taking over uh, the creative direction of DC, that everything is going to be quips. Yeah. Uh, because and I think see Ben Affleck was kind of burned by that, right? Whereas like Joss Whedon ended up taking over for Zack Snyder when doing no. the Justice League, and it's like let's make this quippy, quippy, yeah. Right. Let's add some scenes where Batman is quipping and stuff. Uh, and so I think maybe he was burned by that. And maybe that's his expectation is that, oh, James Gunn comes from Marvel. So that's all James Gunn can do. Right. Interesting. Which Interesting. Won't be the case. We don't need no. quips, James Gunn, especially with these characters. Make them light and fun and wonderful and have a good time. But do not make Superman quip. Do not do that. No, no, please. No. God, I'm so sick of the quips. <laughs> Holy hell. All right, we're on to listener mailbag, but I I I I gotta go. Um I, it's it's you do? the morning I gotta go record my geek out. So yeah. Oh. Uh, somebody else here is going to talk about uh, Zoner Ewan and uh, Chris Pratt and uh, Charlie Day and what the heck is Paris Hilton doing here? I'm Bud Mr. Bud on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitch. Uh, bye! Come back, though, right? Yeah, you can come back. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll come back. Okay, okay, great. Um, Yeah, so Zona Ewan sent us an email and said, like, uh, what the heck? Here's the video that he sent us. There's there are only a handful of things we've ever really heard Mario say. Like, woohoo! And, like, you know. (laughs) You did that really well. Those kinds of things, uh, you know. It's me! Let's go! (laughs) These types of things. So we were trying to... We were trying to find a way to put that into the the, uh, the movie... But in a way that would be uh, congruent with a storyline of these working class American yeah, guys from Brooklyn. Yeah, you can't say it's a me you for can't. 90 minutes. Cause yeah. You know, 10 minutes in, we know it's you. Yeah. yeah. At one point I was yeah. like, can I just say it's uh, you? Like, no, it's the tribe. It's a me. I was like, why would you say that? Is that it? Anyways. It's a still me. It's a still, it's a still me. me. Yeah. Um, so... A couple of things interesting here about this. First, Charlie Day is out here um, essentially like saying the exact thing that I said, that we don't want 90 minutes of the Mario voice and him just saying mm-hmm. the same, um, t- you know, video game noises the whole time. That's interesting. Um, also, what do you think of Chris Pratt's little voice there? I thought that was When good. he does it? When he does the impression? Yeah. That was pretty good. But I think that's him doing a Charles Martinet impression. I don't know if that's necessarily the voice that he does in the movie. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. No, not at all. Yeah. So, but I think that the fact that he can do that, and that's kind of what we've heard in the trailer too, right? Like, he'll do the wahoo, which sounds really good. So... So he can get there. Do you know what I mean? He'll get there close <laughs> enough. What are you laughing? Because now I'm defending him. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he can get there. This is borderline a hate crime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but then the other thing I was going to say is when then he goes like, oh, can I say it's uh, me? It's like, oh, dude, did you not understand? Do you not know why? Oh, it's his accent. That's how Italian people talk. Don't you understand that that's why he's saying that like that? Why would why would you change it to just it's uh me? Like was that supposed to be a joke? I mean, not really, but he's just saying yeah, he 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 wants to voice the character in the like that's congruent with the story that they're telling. So 
I don't think I don't necessarily think that he's like <laughs> that's exactly how he wants to do it, and he doesn't know that the uh is part of an Italian accent. Whoa. I just think that like maybe I don't, and I don't. This is me not knowing it because this is I me mean, not knowing it <laughs> because I haven't seen the movie. Right. Uh, but maybe Mario is a little bit of a, a dope or something, and he's just like, uh, it's uh, me. <laughs> but that's just my guess. But maybe get mad just, at Chris Pratt for that. Maybe right. he didn't want to do a hate crime because he's not Italian, so it didn't make sense for him to go. It's me, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, listen. Let's be really clear. Like, I, I for some reason this whole this little clip at video got me really thinking about the line. It's a me, and I, <laughs> it's like what a thing to say. I made sense, I guess, when you turn on the video game. And for the first time, you know, because that was like in 64. The mm-hmm. first time that really we heard Mario's voice um, and and saw his face from the front and moving around. You know what I mean? Like, so he really did have to introduce himself. That yes, I am the same little guy that you have been playing for the last however many years on Nintendo and Super Nintendo as a side-scrolly little pixel man that you just has a mustache. So it's a me. <laughs> I put that that now also is a catchphrase. It's it's an odd little catchphrase. And I get it how it's like it'd be weird to put into a movie with a fully formed character. I'm sure that it'll make it in. I'm sure there'll be like someone behind a wall that'll be like, can't see Mario. Exactly. And they'll be like, who, who is that? Yeah. That's it's a no, me. Exactly. All right. All right. Moving right along here. Oh, we're going to reviews. Oh, wait, 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 but, 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 but while you do that, uh-huh. wh- why is Paris Hilton in this? I did. I missed that part. What's oh, going on? The rest of the clip is, so it's this, I don't even know, the one show, which I guess is like a British thing, or I have no idea what this is. Are these people British? I can't remember. It's some chat show where Chris Pratt and Charlie Day were the guests, which makes sense. They're Mario and Luigi hyping the movie. But also, Paris Hilton was there. <laughs> and, like, why? Oh, is it Graham Norton? No. No, no. it was some other weird thing. Oh, okay. The One Show. So, I don't know. And then they're just like, S- uh, uh, Paris Hilton, you look like Princess Peach. What do you think? Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> kind of cringy, honestly. And, like, leave Paris Hilton alone or give her her own interview. How terrible. Well, she, I think she had her own interview. Like, she's she's promoting something. She was on Fallon oh, really? not too long ago, too, wasn't she? So, like, I think... She had her own segment, and then she it's like the thing where the guest stays. Oh, right. right. And then the, the couch just gets bigger. Right, right, right. <laughs> the couch just continues increasing in size. Yeah. Shh, that's a very, mushroom. a very British thing. Let's let's talk to seven people at once Yeah, on talk shows. All right, moving along here to uh, Brian's 91-second movie review of Cocaine Bear. Oh, yeah. And now, a zone at 5433218action。第一次目的是我的影片。第一次目的是我的影片。第一次目的是我的影片。第一次目的是我的影片。第一次目的是我的影片。第一次目的是我的影片。第一次目的是我的影片。第一次目的是我的影片。第一次目的是我
But where I think the film disappoints, even the lowest of expectations is in its lack of a filter for the unnecessary. Mm. Now, as stated, the movie fully delivers on the bear shenanigans, but there are also some dumb asides and tangents played up for laughs that sort of come out of nowhere. There's one scene that shows the relationship between a detective and his new dog that doesn't really set up much of anything other than a throwaway joke, is the dog on cocaine? And it's in those moments when the film kind of seems desperate for a chuckle. There were also some cast members I was excited to see, but felt were kind of underutilized and a bit wasted upon. Now, thankfully, one of those people this film didn't waste was Ray Liotta, especially with this being the last film he worked on before passing. Look, all in all, I wouldn't call Cocaine Bear a complete waste of time. The film definitely delivered what the marketing promised, and I did laugh out loud a few times. I just think Cocaine Bear probably could have worked better if Banks cut a few more lines. Cut! That's a wrap! Ah-ha! <laughs> you got I it! I didn't even get good. it! I didn't get it until Paul did the thing. That's great. That's very good. Uh, you can find all of Brian's movie reviews on zone.fm slash movies. What an absolute bummer that Cocaine Bear isn't the best movie ever made. What? <laughs> Elizabeth Banks, come on, dude. Get, do better than this. I'll tell you what you need. John Wick. You want cocaine butter? Just fucking watch you, John Wick. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh-huh. These movies. Yeah. Because um, I'm assuming that's what she was going for, right? <laughs> if we're well, if we're gonna talk about this verb that that Brian says exists about oh, John wicking a movie, the bear should have been wicking it up. I feel like that's maybe what she was going for. Right, she right, been Brian. A wicked bear. It was supposed to be like action, 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 and then jokes. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it's like sure. it's like if. Uh, What's his, name? With a, a movie What's his name? What's his name? James Gunn got a hold of Cocaine Bear. James Gunn got a hold of John Wick. Would be Cocaine Bear. That makes sense. <laughs> so, anyways. Um. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, it is a bummer that Cocaine Bear isn't better. Like, I wish, wish, wish that it had... You know, like, I don't know if it's you need to settle on a tone here. It, does it need to be totally over the top and hilarious? Because apparently, um, you know, a lot of these, like, actors that are in it are kind of connected to previous comedy things that Elizabeth Banks have been in. Like, the cast, like, you mentioned the cast, Brian. There's all these mm-hmm. connections to previous um, projects and interesting things that um, Elizabeth Banks has done, and they've all been in together. Like, I didn't realize, um, what's his name, Aaron Aldrich? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Han Solo. The young Han Solo was in this movie? I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the main characters. What? And then Carrie Russell as well, and then um, yeah. there's all these other connected things about old, what, what was that show Carrie Russell was in? Felicity? <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, <laughs> The Americans. Oh, the Americans. Yeah. <laughs> I went way back. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, it's just, I don't know, it's a weird shame that, that yeah, that they just didn't, I don't know what they thought. They just had, like, good enough, good enough. This will be hilarious. It's a, it's a cocaine bear. What more do you want? It's, um, but that's the thing is I, I couldn't do 91 seconds uh, just by saying it is what it is. Like, but that's that's exactly it. Like, it's I, it was made to be a B movie. They delivered on that. Very snakes on a plane. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so, you know, there are things that maybe that could have made it better, but like, honestly, it's not doing horribly review wise. Like everybody knows that it's a B movie. So it's like, it's like 68% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. 72% audience score. Sounds like it's not just Um, not that enjoyable though. And that's what you need to be. If you want to be like a cult classic return to it every year type of thing, you know, Lebowski style. I mean, we're not expecting it to be Lebowski level genius, but like, Mm -hmm. 
you know, that like or snakes on a plane or whatever, rewatchability and enjoyment has got to be there. And that's what I hear. It's just that's not there. It's just a balance of laughs and eh, groans kind of thing. All right. Yeah. All right. What a bummer. Well, let's move on to Brian's 91 second movie review of Shazam! Exclamation point, Fury of the Gods. And now, a zone at 913, 91 second movie review. 5, 4, 3, 2, and. Action! Shazam! Fury of the Gods is the second installment of one of the more popular superhero films of the DC Warner Brothers lineup. While this flick proves its worthiness to exist among other comic book movies within the mediocre to pretty good quality scale, it's sadly hard to ignore the feeling that watching it is like browsing through the studio's clearance bin. Overall though, I'd classify Fury of the Gods as a fun watch with a few, let's say imperfections. The film was a little long, clocking in at 2 hours and 10 minutes, and most of that length could have been trimmed simply by cutting out some of the more repetitive jokes and gags. While initially it's pretty funny to see Zachary Levi as an IU superhero, the laughter starts to shift to groans after a while of seeing the same shtick. And some of the time spent on that repetition could have been reallocated to other areas of the story that seemed either rushed or underdeveloped. We spend a little less time with Asher Angel's young Billy Batson persona in this film, but we do get a lot of his foster brother Freddy, played by Jack Dylan Grazier. And Grazier was quite the standout in the movie. His great comedic timing and his dialogue and physical comedy stole pretty well all of his scenes and drew a good percentage of the film's laughter. While the sequel doesn't quite equal the amount of positives contained in the first film, Fury of the Gods still had a level of charm and entertainment value that made for an overall positive viewing experience. Both of the films of the Shazam franchise is an example of how the DCEU wasn't all bad, and it's unfortunate that the character could potentially get lost in the creative shakeup at the studio. My only hope for the new creative direction of the DCU is that the studio keeps the one trait that made Shazam films rise above the rest, its sincerity. Cut! That's a wrap! I'm sure Paul said that you can get all of Brian's 91 second movie I reviews did. at thezone.fm slash movies. Thank you, Paul! Now I'm saying it. Hi, I'm back. I don't know, Shazam. I don't know. Art wanted to go and see Shazam with me tonight, maybe. And I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. I thought you had plans tonight. Yeah, I do! Mm-hmm. To go see Shazam? Maybe! This man is a <laughs> disappointed. Jugg- this man is a juggler. It's incredible. A social juggler. Yeah, you are making all kinds of assumptions of what my plans might be. You don't know, Kirsten, what my plans are. But there are plans, and we always record on Tuesday nights. We don't always record on Tuesday nights. That's why we have to have that conversation. We, we generally always record on Tuesday record- night unless you have a hockey game, and then we move it for you. <laughs> then why did we even have that conversation? Why didn't we just say, well, Tuesday night, James always. Because there there came this time where you tended to be busy on Tuesday nights for some reason, even though we always record Tuesday nights with this hockey game. But I am. You busy. am what? But don't be busy Tuesday nights. That's what we normally record. Anyway, Paul's not going to go see Shazam tonight because he has a date. I yeah, think. you don't know that. Maybe my dates with Art. You don't know. Art, I think we probably friendship know that. is important too. Okay, friendship is magic. Anything else? Shazam to was say all right. About, uh, Shazam, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> also. I want to go and see cheap movies on Tuesday night. How about that? How about that can be our little routine? That we, you just, before in this podcast even, committed to go and seeing John Wick number four with me on Tuesday, next Tuesday. I did not. I said what? I need to get a babysitter. For next Tuesday on Cheap Tuesday. That's not, you can go back and listen to it. That was not it. confirmed. I definitely did yeah. not confirm that. Anyway, so Shazam. It's weird, though, because Zachary Levi is still in the DC. He was not one of the ones that have been cut, right? Like, officially. 
Oh, officially, yeah, but I well, think they yeah. were they didn't want to say anything until this was released. Oh, that sure, that's right. That you said the, that before, Brian. There this is always made. This, there's just this feeling right now of like why even bother? Which is why I think like yeah. the you know the the box office return was pretty bad for it right now. So that's too bad because I've enjoyed all three Shazams. There's only two. I love that. Again, good gag. Good good callback, Kirsten. <laughs> no one will understand that because no one else was in our Slack, and I never said that in the podcast. But... Didn't you say yeah. it in the podcast? No. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I totally thought you said it in the podcast. I thought okay. it was all too. in the no, Slack. That's but... funny. Um, the, the, the only thing, yeah, so like the thing with this movie is that, man, they waited long before releasing a sequel. Like yeah. the first Shazam, mm-hmm. what was that, like 2018, 2019? Well, I oh, saw it in the theater, wow. so it was pretty panny. And you could always tell to how long it took for a movie, to, like a second movie or subsequent movie, to come out. When you look at the uh, the Asian kid that's cast, oh <laughs> wow, he's always the small one uh, in the first one, and like he's now like one of the tallest people uh, <laughs> in the family. But uh, yeah, that's uh, one thing that we uh, I think me and my wife had said is like, wow, the Asian kid looks so much older now. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it seemed like there was a little bit too long between the movies and in Shazam like in like in the actual movie they say it's only been 2 years it oh, was like wow. you got to be fucking kidding me these guys like almost look like the adult version yeah especially yeah, if you're dealing right. with kids you got to move quick on that well but the one thing like i think my main complaint yeah when i was talking about the repetitiveness of like the joke like the the gag of like Zachary Levi is like the the doofus superhero the, because he's an adult but he's bumbler. like a kid yeah. um that yeah that gets repetitive and also because how we don't really necessarily see the younger Billy Batson as much whenever we do see the younger Billy Batson he's like a completely different person from Zachary Levi's personality mm. so it's like it, yeah it's like you're it's very jarring to see the younger version because it seems like the younger version is more mature than the superhero version wow so. wow but otherwise, I, you know what? Other than that, though, I, I still, I, I very much enjoyed the movie, and I was actually even kind of seesawing in my brain as to whether or not I enjoyed this more than Quantum Mania. Whoa! Whoa. Isn't that interesting? interesting. Yeah. Huh? Why? Yeah. Because is it really come down to Zachary Levi being so enjoyable in this role? No. Oh. It's, <laughs> wow. I, I, okay. I don't think I don't think it's that. I don't really think it's Zachary Levi. It's like I like Zachary Levi. Um, I'm not necessarily like kind of sick of him, and I was talking about the repetitiveness of his, of his jokes. So I, th- I just think it's just the the story in general. I like the the overall themes of family that they they have in this, which very like obviously they they sure. key on the Fast and the Furious joke or whatever. But oh, funny. like that was you know very funny. I really liked Helen Mirren in this. Pretty much all the cast was 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 pretty okay in this. Um, and then yeah, that that one kid, uh, Dil- Jack Dylan Grazier, was really really funny. Mm. And then the little kid too had a line that made me laugh. Uh, we our theater wasn't that packed, um, but the the little girl Faith Herman who plays like Darla Dudley, um, great name, the cute cute little girl uh, who also has kind of superhero powers. She has one line that made me laugh. I think I like echoed in the theater when she said, "Awesome, mm. I love that." Like, mm. Yeah, there's like there are times when you laugh. Uh, there's there's like a lot of sincerity in the the and, and heart in the story. It has a hilarious and like if you guys do see it, maybe we should get into it like a spoiler talk because I got, I don't want to talk about you know, um, you know any big spoilers. But there's a hilarious kind of almost like 
I guess almost Deus Ex Machina esque like Interesting. part of this movie okay. that that happens and it's it's really 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 funny if it ever comes out and you don't see the movie like if like you ever get spoiled with like articles and stuff maybe we could talk about it later but i obviously okay. don't want to get into spoilers now since you haven't seen it well oh. i i too will watch the first two shazam movies and then, then i'll watch this sure movie. yeah yeah and i'm so <laughs> glad you liked it brian because that'll be it for shazam like there's no way they're gonna be <laughs> you know bring it they're not bringing shazam along that's not gonna be the connective thread that does end up continuing into the james gunn's new vision for the future and i mean if it's if that's the case it, it will be a shame because like this was one of the better dceu movies Kirsten is on a clock, so let us go to The Mandalorian, Chapter 19, oh, The Convert. No, it's not, and that's my fault. Oh, I was like, I was like, we're done! We're I'd here. kind of forgotten that the, it's so weird. Like, we record on Tuesdays, and then The Mandalorian happens, and it's been like six days until we record again. But, uh, yeah, this was the one where... Maybe we should change when we record! Paul, <laughs> for the love of Pete, dude, great, don't make me come over there. God. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, well, we can record on Thursday nights, but then you got to edit that, and then you got to do the countdown, and then you got to do that, and then yeah, that's your true. Friday night, yeah, and that's yeah. a hot daytime. So this is the one where Bo-Katan doesn't tell uh, Dinjarin about, uh, sorry, Dinjarin, no, about yeah. the uh, the Mythosaur and its unobtainium. Yeah, why do you think she didn't? Why? Why that was she like? That is strange. Did, I know it was so weird how she was like. Did you see anything else? Did you see anything living in uh, the water? No. No reason. Like, yeah, no reason why I would ask you that. Like, and he just goes on, goes yeah, along with it. Doesn't even think about it. Like, that was weird. Like, maybe she wants to milk it herself. Yeah, there must be something. I don't know. Maybe there's something if you like harness the mythosaur. I don't fucking harness the power. These uh, crazy uh, tie fighters, uh, tie interceptors. Maybe uh, they 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 fight with them, but then they they blow up her castle, which is very sad. Mm. And then they have to go back to the the secret Mandalorian base and uh, the living waters and the the. The pensive, the water, the sparkly, it proves that he did the thing. So and then we leave them. And then they're gone. And now I leave you. And then we spend the rest of the episode on Dr. Pershing. Um, you know, which was interesting. Reminded me very much of, of Andor and how we would we would jump from character to character and sometimes not see key characters for an in, have almost an entire episode. But this, this Pershing thing was pretty interesting. It was kind of cool going back to these characters from season one yeah. and being like, oh. Oh, it's that actor or yeah. actress because the the chick is I loved her. the girl really that's in Ant Man. That's like the warrior queen. <gasps> yeah. No way. Or whatever. Oh, that makes sense. That sounds like I recognize this person. Oh, sure. yeah. I ended up looking up Quantumania just to see if that was her. Yeah. So that that was weird. I was oh, like, oh, I know cool. her from an, uh, another thing now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I had forgotten. I was like, who's this? science dude again what's happening here and then i was confused he was, was in like, one scene in the first episode that's why you forgot about him well no no yeah he was yeah. sorry but then he does show up later and he is on oh, the ship he's right. like he's the crazy the scientist that's mm-hmm. helping um but he doesn't want to uh, make the the clone program and that's yeah. why you wanted baby yoda yeah. was for baby yoda's blood mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. I, so this seems like it is all leading up to why um why Palpatine is still alive because he's a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it seems like they're trying to connect it to that stupid thing. But this woman, Elia Kane, she's like, oh, sorry, spoilers for all of this, I guess, but uh, she's mean. Oh, my God. Does bad things. Do not trust. She's bad. But it was also very confusing all the, like, 
oh, it's the Empire. Oh, it's the new Empire. Oh, it's the first this. It's the Empire. I'm like, what? That's true. It was a lot of stuff. I'm like, what's happening, though? Like, I, like so the Rebels have won, right? Yeah. 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 And so a new... Yeah. What is it called now? The New Republic. The New, the new Republic. Republic. Yeah. But the New Republic is still bad, and there's still TIE fighters, and there's still some, uh, like, the, the, the it's imperial confusing. ships. Yeah. The imperial, like, it's still Like, what's bad. the BBY of this? Is this, is this, or ABY, is this current? Is this, like, happening right now? No. The Mandalorian it, timeline? Or is it still mean, a right? long time ago in a galaxy far away? Well, it's, like, kind of in between. It's in between. Yeah, we talked about this. They're trying to do this timeline catch-up thing where they're trying to get us up in between... You know, the end of uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, right? Oh, okay. So they're trying, they're trying to Thank bridge you. that time and they're That's getting what further along. And but, so now the New Republic is set up, but then it's like it's leaning into those ideas that Rian Johnson was talking about in The Last Jedi, where it's like everyone's just bad. It's all just corrupt and bad. The New it's Republic war, is better yeah. because, yeah, it's not being run by a psychotic Sith Lord, but it's. It's still, you know, this huge, colossal, bureaucratic, corrupt government, yeah. right? Okay, but so, the TIE fighters that were chasing um, Mando and uh, Bo-Katan, mm-hmm. were they part of the New Republic? Oh, do you know what they were, were part, they part of? Do you know what they were part of? Filoni and Favreau wanted to have TIE fighters again! Oh, my God. Filoni, here's what it comes down to. Sorry, Brian, that was a legit question, but I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> um, Thanks. Here's Thank what you. this really was. Let's do an episode about the scientist that no one cares about that's going to be so boring. Yeah. And, but, okay, well, we can, but we got to have some explosions first, and we got to have some cool TIE fighters, and we got to have some some space chase and some laser fights, or otherwise people are going to be really upset with this episode. All right, cram it in, cram it in. Yeah. What are going to be the spaceships that fly? Oh, how about TIE fighters? Okay, how about interceptors? How about cool? How about cool? How yeah. about bombing? TIE bombers. I'm sorry. That's my fault. They, no, they're both in there. Oh, well, yeah, they're interceptors and bombers, yeah. Okay. What a terrible episode, everyone. <laughs> Hello, excuse me. Are there going to be any more Mandalorians in this show called The Mandalorian for this episode? We're, we're the scientists the whole time? Boring! The beginning was full of Mandalorians. There was like 13 Mandalorians at the beginning of it. I said anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I said anymore. <laughs> I just, that, but like to switch and just go with this weird scientist side plot for most of the episode, awful! Again, very Andor, very strange. Yeah, the, so the TIE Fighters, Brian, like I think what it is is that there's whole holdouts of the empire right oh, like so that the rebels okay, that makes sense. didn't destroy the entire empire they just took out um uh the oh, fuck why can't i just said his the name Death Star and palpatine? palpatine yeah right who was like behind he was the puppet master <laughs> that's it like everything else still exists but with palpatine not there then they took over the senate and so it's a bit splintered good yeah. everything's yeah. splintered All and right. then that's the why the first order rises is because like but really yeah. the rebels fucking did nothing well i mean they did this something, is what we're going to see then is we're going to see the new republic turn into the first order yes ah uh, that no, makes no, no, sense no, no, that yeah. makes no 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 hang on no 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 the new in in um, the Force Awakens, the New Republic is there. It is the government, yeah, and then oh. and then and then no no and then and then the First Order is like coming up. That's what the congealed all the different splintered fragments of the Empire oh, then okay. comes together. Right, you get Snoke, who's actually Palpatine pulling strings. Right, brings it back together, and then it's like a huge warring faction to then take on the New Republic and take back over. Yeah. So by the second one. It is, though. They are in control again in the second one. They're in control, yes. Yeah. Anyway, what the hell? It was an okay episode. It was kind of weird. I gotta go. Kirsten.James. Bye, Kirsten. We love you. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. What?
Paul, can you tell us about Ted Lasso season three, episode one? Smells like mean spirit. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a good little episode there. Um, I, you know, who actually inspired me to actually just sit down and make sure that I watch it was uh, our dear ghost Art Aronson. Oh, cool. He tweeted the season premiere of hashtag Ted Lasso <laughs> <laughs> is uh, so good. Encompasses everything great about the show. Bonus points for perfect villain references. So I can't remember what the references even were now. <laughs> but um, it was great. I thought it was a, a great episode, of course. It does. It's it, it, it's interesting how they're on season three of this thing, and it just it just feels like Ted Lasso. It's not changing. It's not That's rare. Anything. That's nice. Right. Yeah, it's like not doing anything drastically different, even though it's had this colossal success. It's not like bending under the weight of its characters or anything like that. It's just all just there. And it's it's a lovely little show, you know. You know, after all the like heaviness of all these other shows, all you know, and this is what everyone says about Ted Lasso. This is the genius of Ted Lasso: is it is this nice little refreshing, cute show to just relax and feel good for however long it's on. It's so pleasant. It's so kind of cheesy, but it's like got a lot of heart and whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's a lovely show. Nice. Yeah. Well, she's Kristen James. I'm Webmeister Bud. Paul Blastino. Are we wrapping up now? Right? I think so, yeah. Okay, well, super. I'm Paul Blastino. And Brian? Uh, I'm DJ Boitano. Yeah. yeah. Depending on when this comes out, if it's before Thursday night and if the stars align, I will be playing the brand new redone Resident Evil 4 on my Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash webmeisterbud at 7, 6.30 p.m. Pacific if you're interested. Uh, and then I will re- review and recommendation next week on the pod. This has been the Zone's Geek Out podcast episode. Wait, wait, and get uh, get tickets to me and Bud at the Capitol Ballroom. The Zone.fm uh, the zone. slash zone. mixtape live. There you go. Tickets to me and Bud at Capitol Ballroom. I love that. <laughs> That's so good. This has been the Zone's Geek Out podcast episode 232. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.